This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome uh, to the Thursday edition of Talk Back. Talk Back is brought to you, of course, this morning by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. Authentic New York bagels and pastries all the way from Little Italy, flown in fresh, can be found right here in Missoula, out on North Reserve at Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. If you've got uh, a home or a business that needs cleaning and you need it done right, remember no job is too big or small. So call Phillips Janitorial, get a free estimate, or you can just book your job by calling 406-260-6617. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Here we are. It is Thursday already, and Nick Christensen is right over there. I see you survived your birthday. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, by the way, I noticed that all, all, every single one of my wife's monster cookies... We're gone when I got here this morning. Really? I I left quite a bit for people, so that's good. That was very generous of you. I don't believe you. (laughs) I think I I I took six home with me, and I had two of them last night, so I still got four left. Okay. I'm going to have to ration them, though, because Uh, I I have 365 days till I get them again. I know. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I might sneak you some. There you go. Anyway, anyway, we 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 are here today. We have a special guest waiting on the phone, the Speaker of the House, Matt Regeer. Uh, Matt, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, sir, and thank you for calling. Me yeah, on, and good morning, Western Montana. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry we didn't save any cookies for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The- that is pretty dirty. Talking about cookies this early in the morning, I uh, love it. I know. All right. So, so let, let, let first of all let, let's talk about uh, I, I, one of my first questions that I've been getting from people is they want to know when the transmittal deadline is. I know uh, the session goes you know for several a couple of months, and and at one point you know the bills have to go from the House to the Senate, from the Senate to the House. So where are we in that process? Yeah, so transmittal deadline, or you're right, to get bills from one chamber to the next, is uh, the deadline for that is uh, March 3rd. So that's a Friday. So what have we got, three more weeks? Three more weeks. Um, and, and everything does pick up from, from here on out. It's, uh, it, uh, it turns into some white water that you have to really navigate. There's uh, long bill hearings and, and people rushing to get their bills in before that deadline. So, as Speaker of the House, you, you you get to see all the bills that are coming across your desk uh, from that eventually go to the uh, the Montana Senate. What are some of the bills that are of, of interest that you would like to share with us today? Sure, we just had uh, uh, we had a great one that was on the floor for second reading yesterday that uh, would prohibit obscenity in schools. Right now, there's uh, prohibition on obscenity. That's why you're driving down the interstate. You don't see obscenity as defined by the United States Supreme Court. You don't see that on billboards just as you're driving down the interstate or when you're in town pump. Uh, they have to keep uh, you know, pornography behind the counter and covered because that's against the law to have obscene material as defined by the court. But schools were exempted from that. And I don't know the rationale why they exempted our kids from obscenity that we're shielding adults from. So we just had a bill on the floor yesterday to uh, remove the the school exemption from that to keep uh, obscene material out of our schools. And that past second reading, it's on third reading today. Uh, we had some vigorous debate uh, on that. Uh, that was one. Uh, that was one big one. We've got um, 
what did we? We have already went through the house. Was a educational and open enrollment. Representative Beatty out of Hamilton had a, had a bill that would allow uh, students more choice between school districts. Uh, that was a great educational bill. Um, we've got coming up here um, some outdoor outdoor stuff. We've got. Uh, uh, campsites. This is this is one that uh, Representative Gunderson has at at Libby, and uh, I miss the days where I remember growing up here, especially in Western Montana, where it was Friday afternoon and mom and dad would say, "Let's go out to you know to Alley Lake and hit up the campground camping for the weekend." You can't do that anymore. It's, nope. uh, you get all the Georgia and New York plates just filling up the campground. So this would this would limit how many online reservations you could have. Uh, at, at state park campgrounds, so leaves more room for walk-in people, which I, I think uh, would give the edge to Montana residents to be able just to to walk in and grab a spot and not have to fight with those online reservations from from New York. So that's a, I think that's another great one. I'm I'm excited about that. Um, uh, so those are a few few of the bills coming through, but happy to talk about uh, anything else. And well, we've got a big list of them right here in front of me. I can keep going, but well, I don't well, want to actually. We already have go we, some direction. You guys don't. We already have a couple of callers. Is it reservation.gov where people have to go? Right? Is it reservation or recreation.gov? I'm not sure which one. It's I think it was recreation.gov. Right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I think we're at the point where we don't want to hype that, right? Yeah, and we what we've also <laughs> we've also had stories uh, here at our website uh, where people are uh, uh, basically claiming all the webs all the uh, uh, the uh, campsites they can uh, ahead of time and then just not not using them. You know what I mean? Uh, just holding them for right. others or whatever. And that and that that's that's dirty right. pool. <laughs> so all right. Yeah. Let's, yeah. I mean, some, yeah. Some, some, yeah. That is. Let's let's get Harry on the line. He's been waiting. Harry, good morning. You're on with Matt Regeer, the Speaker of the House. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, it seems the Republicans in this state are just seem to be grabbing more power. I mean, like last session, they the Missoula County people voters uh, voted in a two cent tax, but then they they butted in and said, "Oh no, we can't do that. We don't like it, so we'll over, we'll override Harry, that." Are you there? This session, they said they uh, they even though they have this. Uh, supermajority, that doesn't seem to be good enough for them. They're try, trying to uh, dictate to the Supreme Court how it should inter- interpret the Constitution, which I believe is what one of the Supreme Court's jobs is. Although I'm sure that if uh, the Republicans had their way, they'd be, the legislature would take that job over and they'd probably just get rid of the uh, Supreme Court altogether. <laughs> uh, uh, now they seem to be sticking their hands into medical procedures and into what uh, uh, the uh, well, cause school uh, boards are the, the school boards determine what they have curricul- curriculum or what they have in their libraries. Uh, so it seems that the party who is always harping on intrusive and big government just doesn't like to be told what to do by the feds, but they love to tell everyone else what to do. Well, let's let's what, let's let's let, 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 let's answer the, that. Uh, yeah, I just say, what is that, that thing about absolute power corrupting? All right, all right, Harry. Thanks for the call. So, Matt, there you go. Yeah, and Harry, those are good questions because um, it's really the exact opposite. I mean, what our um, founding fathers did was limited government. So, uh, you bet. I'm going to use the power that the voters have given me to limit government at every level that I can. Um, limit the feds, uh, limit the state, limit the local government from overreach. So, you talk about school boards. Um, 
like the bill that we had with obscenity, it was about um, not allowing school boards to have obscene material uh, in their schools, which is uh, um, protecting children. I don't know. I mean, if if uh, we want to go with local control, meaning that kids can have obscene material, um, you bet I'm going to vote against that uh, every day and every night. Um, as far as like the gas tax that um, that cities and counties could have done last uh, session that was repealed, um, that was repealing a tax. I mean, anytime uh, there's a chance that I can lower tax rates, that's going to come up too here. We've got a bill over in the Senate that lowers the income tax rate, and I'm all behind that of um, reducing the tax burden on the on the people and that's what happened last time so that's i i don't see that at all as government overreach that is limiting government the exact opposite of what harry was saying there um as far as the supreme court the supreme court has really montana supreme court has really overstepped it's um it uh has really become a political uh, political arm and it wasn't meant to be that it was supposed to be uh there to adjudicate the laws, and you've got uh, interpretations that uh, right to privacy, the Armstrong decision. That's a perfect example of uh, one that I say that it's a it's a private decision when really there's two people. Um, there is another uh, child in that that has a its own DNA, its own heartbeat, its own fingerprint. Um, that and I believe that's a wrong decision. Just as courts, uh, we see it at the federal level. And here at the Montana level, and multiple different Espinoza, they just were overturned at the Supreme Court. Supreme courts uh, don't always get it 100 percent right, and that's why there's checks and balances. So the notion that we should just uh, leave the other branch alone is not the way that it was set up. It was set up for checks and balances between all three branches of government, and not to not to be that check and balance would not. To not to be doing our job. We T- need to do our job. Tell you what, Matt, we're up against a break. We have uh, we have Skip and Andy who both want to visit with you. We really appreciate you taking these calls, by the way. Matt Regeer is the Speaker of the House of Representatives uh, for Montana. The legislature's, legislative session is ongoing right now. And we'll be back with more calls for, for Matt Regeer in just a moment. Jackson Hewitt. And we are back on Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number. Speaker of the House, Matt Regeer, <laughs> joining us on the phone this morning. And I understand we have Skip. Skip, good morning. You're on with Matt Regeer. What's your question, sir? Good morning, Pete, and good morning, Matt. Uh, you, you covered a lot about that Bill 234 already, which I was going to ask you about, having to do with public display of, of uh, obscene material. Uh, th- there's a lot of detail to that bill that I learned about yesterday and day before uh and i and i was wondering if you could talk about uh for instance the local control thing if if you only have a half hour but maybe if you come back on sometime you could explain why why that does in fact take local control away from uh say our school boards but there's two other things i wanted to bring up one one is and i'll be quick uh, the, the group of bills that left the House and I think is going to the Senate now, I, thereby I think Mercer and Kashmir and Welsh, uh, that, that are all about tax bills, a whole package, that's a pretty unique package, and I, I, I think that you probably appreciate it. Uh, the, the other one little thing I'd like you to address is that there's going to be an upcoming bill. I think it's actually a Democrat bringing it. And, and it, it, it has to do with the seating in the House being alphabetized rather than chosen by the leadership. If I'm not mistaken, that's how it's done now. If not, please correct it. 
But and and how that would change the, anything that that happens in the House if the seating of all of the legislators were alphabetized rather than being chosen some other all right. way. Let's let I him. appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for your energy, Matt. You Bye. bet. All right, Matt. So a couple of things there. What what, what would you like to share about those issues? Oh boy, yeah, Skip hit on a, a lot there. Um, yeah, that uh, obscenity. Uh, actually, the obscenity one isn't that complicated. We've had the obscene laws, like a town pump can't have obscene material in, in, in the town pump gas station, but yet we exempt schools that schools can have that. Why would I, I? I don't understand that at all. And if you're talking local control, like if you want your local school board to disseminate obscene material, I'm, I mean, to me, that's a a freedom I don't want. That's that's not even a freedom. That uh, does this seem so backwards to me? If you're going to fight for your school board to disseminate ob- obscene material to your kids, like no, no. Um, so as uh, and then the tax package you talked about, yeah, that was great. We did that. It's over in the Senate, sitting there waiting for some hearings. It's up to a billion dollars. It's over a billion dollars in tax relief and infrastructure and debt payoff. Um, so. Uh, we have a big surplus here at the state, as many other states do, and a lot of that is the taxpayers overpaid. So there's refund checks to uh, for income tax as well as property, Montana resident property owners in there, and hoping that the Senate takes that up and gets it to the governor and gets that signed, and we can get some of the surplus back to the taxpayers that, that paid it. Um, let's see, what was his last About the alphabetizing of, of the, the, seat, yeah. the seating there. Yeah, and we... Honestly, we kind of laughed at this one, and then it came out of the committee. I don't know if they're playing a joke or, or not on us, but um, uh, it's funny. I was out. Uh, we had a bipartisan dinner uh, last week or so, and there was uh, Democrat. I have good Democrat friends as well as Republicans, and but we just naturally sat at this one big table, and the Democrats were one side, and the Republicans were on the other. And, <laughs> yep. and not that we didn't talk to each other or interact, or you know, we. Uh, 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 play foosball with each other, but we naturally went to our, our spots on the table. I think that's, um, um, and it really, I think, would be, honestly, once you're uh, done kind of chuckling at that one, it'd be a disservice to the voters. The voters are voting for not just a candidate, they're voting for a platform and the ideology behind that, and then to that bring them here to the Capitol and say, hey, you don't, uh, you, you can't uh, take apart some of the identity of that, of you being the minority or majority. I mean, it's been that way forever, and um, and they always switch. There's a, I mean, there's a cyclical part to politics here, and the Democrats were in the majority in the back. Now it's been Republicans for a while, and um, and that's what the voters vote on, and that's what they want us to to push. Um, and I think to mix that up, especially on the floor, and, and sit yeah. somebody next to somebody they didn't would be uh, disingenuous to the voters. Well, I will tell you this. So I pity poor Mr. Zolnikov. I mean, he'd be, he'd be in a tough place anyway. So let, let's get another, another call in. We have Andy, Andy, good morning. You're on with speaker of the house, Matt Regeer. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning, Um, Andy. I was calling, I was calling about the obscenity uh, bill. I, 234 uh would that apply like to bumper stickers and stuff like that on people's cars uh yeah yeah there's an obscenity test that was back in 79 and it was i think it was 79 in there uh in that time that was adjudicated by the u.s supreme court um and it's a whole obscenity test of what the public for public view and uh and and it does it affects yeah you know, i 
bumpers to anything in the view of public. Um, but it takes the whole, you got to, um, I mean, it would go before the, um, your district attorney, the district attorney would have to bring it before, uh, choose to pursue that. So, and it's the standards of the community. So, I mean, it's a high bar to, um, to get obscenity out, but, well, uh, there's a reason for Historically, I would kind of be opposed to it, but I'm sure you guys have noticed that the Trumpers have a lot of uh, F. Biden signs. I was near working near the Victor School uh, six or eight months ago, and there was a guy with a pickup truck with a big F. Biden sign driving repeatedly in front of the school, and there's a, a, a playground full of the uh, Is, full of kids did did did, did you the, did you happen to call a law enforcement about that because if, if i hear matt correctly uh, that could be actionable is that right matt yeah i mean it's got to uh, you know fit the test and go through we have the whole uh, adjudication process and the district attorney would have to choose uh, you know prosecutorial uh, discretion on it but yeah stuff like that that is very distasteful and, and obscene uh, on both sides whether it's Trump, Biden, uh, but have you guys, have you guys noticed? And and I, I, next time I see that sort of situation, I will uh, take action on it. I didn't realize that it was illegal. Yeah, please do. I I think Uh, that, yeah, that'd be the right thing to do, man. And have you guys noticed uh, yourselves an uptick with the uh, uh, obscenities now that uh, from, from the Trumpers? Because I, I don't, I've never seen it with the Democrats saying F uh, Trump or F Bush, <laughs> Bush you know, si- signs out in their front yards. And uh, you see it on people's bumper stickers in their front yards all over the place. Have you guys noticed that, honestly, that the Trumpers are really F bomb users? Okay, you know, th- th- thanks for the call, Andy. I'm, we're going to we'll leave it right there. Matt, if you want to respond to that, go ahead. Well, like I said, I think, uh, and that's, uh, yeah, that's disheartening to me across the political spectrum. I mean, you had national uh, TV Hollywood personalities saying that about Trump, as well as people saying it about Biden. And, and to me, that uh, uh, just the lack of, uh, it's just, yeah, that's, it's just poor, I think, all across the board. Um, and that is kind of where uh, politics and society is unfortunately headed. You we bet. can turn that ship around for it. You bet. Well, we're, we're up against another break. 721-1290 is our number. The time flies by when we only have a half an hour. Uh, Matt Regeer, Speaker of the House, is joining us. I think we have time for at least one more call. If you have a question or a comment, we'll be right back after this. Too lucky. Suck it up. It's not a big deal. Snap out. Just get over it. We've all heard it. But if you're experiencing extreme stress, it's not just in your head. It can affect your entire body because toxic stress can hurt us physically without us even knowing it. If you've lost a job, worry about your next meal, or have trouble making it through the day, if you're feeling the effects of stress, we can help. Text STRESS to 211-211 to find a solution. All right, we're rapidly running out of time uh, with our Speaker of the House, Matt Regeer, and let's get Lisa on the line. Lisa, good morning. You're on with Matt Regeer. Go ahead, please. Well, good morning. I'll make it quick. I thought I heard on the news in the last minute when I turned on my news station that they are trying to bring up a law that would make everybody that's running in any kind of capacity, county, uh, state, whatever, 
have to put their identification mark either with a D or an R behind their name. I personally like that because of the fact that the ballots come out and there is several names and especially the judges. You never know on what side they're on. And so I sometimes don't know whom to vote for. I myself would like that. Well, Lisa, allow me to tell you, in judicial, most of the time, judicial races, and, and when you have this, the, the, the city council here in Missoula, it's called a nonpartisan race. So they, they, they can't have an R or a D that, by, by statute. Yeah, I understand. I, I know, and that's why it is the way it is. But I thought they were now going to go and change that, maybe. Wow. That's what I wanted to ask. Oh, about. Very good question. Uh, I'm not sure. Matt, have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I think Lisa's referencing, I saw there was a bill to uh, make it optional that a judge or councilman oh, could act, put, a, yeah. put a party affiliation if they wanted to, or they could run just nonpartisan again. And that is, Lisa's got a good point. By far, all myself and a lot of our legislative colleagues, that's the most calls we get uh, during election time is from constituents saying, hey, what does this judge stand for? They're just in, the voters are in the dark on uh, yeah. on judges and how they're going to rule. So, um, and yeah, that will be an interesting bill to just uh, leave it up to the judges then if they want to put a party affiliation by their name or not. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for the information. Goodbye. Thank you, Lisa. It's a pleasure talking with you. we got about two minutes. I, I remember uh, when, uh, during the Supreme Court elections, we had a, a friend of mine, I actually went to high school with a guy named Mars Scott, who was running for uh, the Supreme Court, right? And so we had him in the studio, and it, it was nonpartisan. And every time you would ask him a question about a, a, an issue, would it, well, I, I, that's under adjudication. I can't talk about that. Uh, well, uh, th that's under adjudication. Yeah. I can't talk about that subject. I'm going, well, what are you doing here? You know, it wasn't his fault. It's, uh, that's just the rules of the game when you're running uh, as a judge. Yeah, and that is interesting, Peter. Um, judges, what they render is opinions. Every day, that's the... The court ruling is the court's opinion, and when you can't even, when they're running for for office, and you can't even ask them their opinion, so what are we going to get from you as a judge? And to be in the dark that much is just tough on the voters. You bet. Uh, we have got, we've got about a minute or so left, so let let's wrap things up. Well, what do you? What will you? Pardon me. What will you be working on today, sir? Um, today, what uh, what are we working? Well, a lot of interviews, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as far as, uh, um legislation i mean we kind of hit hit the big ones uh like i said all that the tax package that is over in the senate um there has been um um let's see we got uh you know here's here's another one that uh is going to be in local government uh, tomorrow is uh representative malone um uh down over there uh, outside of uh outside of uh, uh, uh bozeman that's the town uh has a, a referendum uh, to require a referendum to adopt a local growth policy. So giving the, the local voters more control over uh, what happens in their uh, cities and counties. I think those growth policies sometimes can just get uh, done behind uh, behind a closed curtain. And this bill would allow that to go out to the voters Matt, for approval. We are completely out of time. We I can't tell you how much we appreciate just carving out a half an hour for us uh, once a week. We appreciate it, and we look forward to our next visit, sir. 
Thanks a bunch, Peter. Appreciate all the calls. Same, sir. Take care. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll have open phones, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from uh, 9 until 10. So whatever might be on your mind, uh, 721-1290, we just ask you to keep it polite and respectful. We'll be back. Stay with us. Weather brought... Data shows that after a child turns 9 in foster care, they are much less likely to be adopted. But the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption believes every child is adoptable. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two, Talk Back is is underway right now. It's an hour of open phones, ladies and gentlemen. So it's up to you what you'd like to talk about. Uh, brought to you this morning by Phillips Janitorial. They have residential and commercial cleaning and absolutely unequaled. No job is too big or small. And so give them a call if you want a free estimate or just to book your job. The number to call is 406-260-6617. Also brought to you by Brooklyn Bay. Eagle and Bakery. Come on by for all your New York favorites. They have locks. They have New York cheesecake. Their bagels are fresh and delicious. Lots of good schmear there. My wife had one just the other day. Wouldn't share it. And also cannolis. <laughs> located uh, located on North Preserve. It's Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, we are back. It is open phones on TalkBack this morning. What is on your mind? Missoula, we'd love to hear from you. Again, I want to say thanks to Matt Regeer, Speaker of the House, for uh, being with us for the first half hour. But now, it's up to you guys. I, I was totally blown away by hearing one of the greatest uh, pop composers of all time, Burt Bacharach is pastor. He's in his 90s. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize he was that old. Man, That's that guy... great song. Yeah, the raindrops keep falling on my head. Uh, I, I quizzed Mr. Oh, Nick Christensen over there. I failed, there I failed. Because this, this, it, was, it was a huge hit record when, when the movie came out, right? And I asked you... Who performed the song and... I wasn't born yet. That was my answer. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. Anyway, it was, it was B.J. Thomas, mm-hmm. in case you're wondering. Mr. Music trivia over here. Nailed it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what's going on out there, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, in lieu of calls, I think... Uh, you want to provide an update on the superintendent search? I know yes. Been oh, yes, in the yes. News yes. The last couple of days. Yeah, right? Yes, indeed. I had a chance to talk with my friend Tyler Christensen over at MCPS. And uh, the organization, I believe it's called McPherson and Jorgensen, something like that. Anyway, the, uh, the company, the search company, um, who is uh, helping out with, you know, trying to find and vet. Uh, candidates to be the superintendent to replace Rob Watson. And, of course, uh, we have uh, Russ Lodge, who's the interim right now. Mm -hmm. And it was quite the story uh, that that occurred Tuesday night. Uh, And, of course, Wednesday we talked about it, the fact that uh, the 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 uh, the answer is none of the above. They they didn't choose any of the three uh, candidates that were recommended by this uh, search committee, uh, this search company. And so uh, one of the questions that came up was, well, gosh, I mean, how much more is it going to cost us, you know, because they've already come up, you know, done a lot of work and found these people. And according to, according to, uh, to Tyler, she said that uh, the $27,000 fee that was paid to this group 
is going to take care of everything. So if they'll keep on searching and there won't be any extra added costs. And what was the reasoning that some of the members of the board of trustees said why these three candidates weren't, I guess, acceptable or well, why they didn't choose well, them? Well, the, the, the problem was is that evidently we don't, we don't realize what we had with Rob Watson and some of the other folks who uh, were superintendents, Mark Thane, uh, before us and uh, they they said that all all three of these individuals had had good points mm-hmm. good points about them, but none of them had the expertise and the experience and basically uh, what it takes to uh, be the head of such a large and varied school district. Mm-hmm. You know they go that that spreads yeah. you know for a hundred miles in all directions and all some that kind of some stuff. have been superintendents in other districts, right. but nothing compared to the size right. of ours, right? Yeah. So that was. That was a concern, too. And I know, um, I thought I heard someone mention, too, that, you know, why rush to do this, you know, just to fill the spot? We want to find, you know, the right person, the right fit, and hopefully someone that will be there for a while. So, so yeah, and I, so, and I can appreciate that. And, and, that, and that's where uh, many, many who spoke to me saying, well, gee, how much more is this going to cost? And, and, and uh, not only that, but did the company ask the right questions of the school board, uh, you know, to for for here's what we want. Okay, so this is what you want. We'll go search for this, and uh, when they came back with these three finalists, it it wasn't it didn't quite work out. So, but the nice thing is uh, there won't be any extra charge. They'll keep working. They'll keep looking, and hopefully uh, the wait will be worth it. Did they give? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, did they give you a um, an ETA on when we might have some new candidates or? deadlines or anything like no, that? No, the, basically the whole process starts over again. So Ooh, it could fun. take several weeks or a couple of months. We don't know. Got it. Uh, but Russ Lodge is doing a great job as the interim, and we appreciate his efforts there. I, I know they were hoping to have the new superintendent start, I think, July. Right. Um, that was you know when the process didn't get reset now. So the new superintendent wasn't going to start until before the new school year anyway. So right. Russ is going to obviously finish out this school year, but who knows, maybe that July deadline is still their target. We'll see. Well, we'll see what's going on, and we will we will keep track of this. Uh, it's uh, important. Uh, Tyler yeah. knows I'm going to keep bugging her about it, so <laughs> get him away from me. All right, let, let's let's uh, go to the phones. It's open phones, and Dave is up first. Dave, good morning. Oh, I'll tell you what, Dave, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to hang on because I want to give you plenty of time to make your point or ask your question. We'll take a quick commercial break. We'll come right back. We'll get Dave's comments. We also have Daryl waiting on the line several other lines open for open phones which will return right after this weather brought okay welcome back to talk back 721 it's open phones the phone lines beginning to to fill up so let's jump right in here and find out what people are talking about this morning uh, dave is up first dave uh, first of all thank you for your patience and holding what's on your mind sir yes i'd like to talk about the hunter biden hearings that the house representatives are are up running right now in Congress. Okay. Now, for back for background information, Twitter has blocked any information on their website about about the Hunter Biden laptop. Now, the hearings are to try to prove, I guess, from the Republican point of view, that that uh, uh, FBI was in cahoots with with Twitter to block all that. Now, I watched a good share of the hearings yesterday. And uh, so far, they haven't proven any connection yet with the FBI. Of course, the hearings will go on. But 
they, what did what did come out was there was attempted interference from the president of the United States, and uh, it, you know, what bothers me about all this thing. No, no. Are, are you talking about President Biden or are you talking about President Trump? The president at the time was Donald Trump. Okay. And he tried to influence Twitter. But what bothers me the most about it was that, that you know, Fox News is reporting their agenda. They have an agenda and, and CNN has their agenda. Right. And they're each kind of selectively choosing what they want to report. And that's really really disturbing to me. So, so let, 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 let me ask you this, Dave. What, what do you think uh, we as the public should do? Should we, should we contact uh, Fox News and say, would you please mind showing both sides? Or should we contact CNN and say, would you please uh, mind showing both sides of the story? Uh, because, you know, uh, their, their viewership, their, their advertising revenues, all that, all weighs into what they put on the airwaves, right? I mean, that's kind of the way it is. Yes, I would say try to watch both stations. Try to try to educate yourself on on the facts and and withhold judgment when you hear something on Fox until you can verify it yourself or or that thing goes for CNN. And we, you just have to keep an open mind and 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 be suspicious of information All and right. how much information they're giving you. Yep. All right, Dave. By the way, did 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 you read the laptop from hell? Yes, I did. You did. What did you think of it? I did indeed. I think there's, according to the author, there's a lot of information that I, uh, the Biden uh, son is in, in trouble. Potentially, uh, we'll, have, we'll have to see what a jury says, well, but he is not, innocent until proven guilty. Not only is he but in I trouble, did. but he's a very troubled soul. I mean, the, 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 this, you know, I mean, yeah. Yes, it's up to a jury to decide. You're right. He was a troubled person. And as far as the connection with his dad, there was <laughs> there was nothing proven in the book that I could see factually that connected the two other than they were father and son. And, and there was comments made, but, but no facts. Yeah, like for, for instance, who is, who is the big guy, right? Who else, right. Who else, who else would it be? Well, yeah, so that's a comment off the cuff, and it could have been just a joke. We don't know. I mean, you need to get these people in in a jury, I mean, on the witness stand. Yeah, have well, that's, that's what the hearings are for, and hopefully that will happen. Dave, right. thank, thanks for the call, man. Yeah, Appreciate until it. Until then, don't, don't make up your mind until, the, until you have more facts. All right, sounds good. That's thanks. always good advice. Thanks for the call. Uh, Daryl is up next. Daryl, good morning. You're on Talkback. Hi. Good morning. I wanted to uh, just discuss kind of the uh, the Montana state parks that take the reservation thing. Okay. Well, so you you reserve through Reserve USA, and you can reserve exactly like six months ahead of time, six right. months to the day. So, like, let's take Big Arm State Park for an example. Um, I wanted to get a site there for an August weekend and they were completely booked already, even though it was before um, six months to the day. So what people do is they uh, go in and you can, I think you can reserve for 14 days there. I might be wrong. It might be a little bit more. And so people will go in and they will reserve the, the weekend that they want, you know, two weeks in advance, reserve the whole 
uh, two weeks and then later uh, say, well, we want a refund. We're only going to take those two days or three days or whatever. Right. And there's usually, you know, fees associated with that. Um, or, you know, somebody will get in and they'll maybe rent two or three spots. So you really have a, it's extremely difficult to actually reserve um, a camp spot there at Big Arm. You know, and, I, and I, it's probably that way at Wayfarers and the other state parks. But it it's extremely difficult to um, get those dates, you know, in July and August when, when people want to be on the lake. You know, it's a lot easier. I think after September 17th, they don't take reservations anymore. And it's not so bad, but not everybody wants to be on Flathead, you know, after right. the 15th uh, September. Yeah, the, the, this the, um, the, this is the problem, Daryl, with 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 Montana being quote discovered, uh, and so many people moving here, and so many people wanting to recreate here during during the pandemic. Montana was like a haven uh, because there was wide open spaces. You didn't have to be around a whole bunch of people, and that's and that's where recreation.gov uh, uh, got basically overwhelmed, and and people have learned how to use that that website for their own advantage and maybe, you know, reserve a whole bunch of stuff and then pick one and let the others go. You know, and, and I guess, you know, when I go up to Big Arm, I've been going up there for decades, you know, you often see, you know, plates from, from Washington, Oregon, California, um, all over, um, you know, and I, I don't have an issue with that, I guess, you know, but, the state parks are our state parks in Montana. Um, you know, there's lots of federal land, lots of federal campgrounds, that kind of stuff out there. But I, I feel like it's just, you know, uh, our, our state, the state needs to figure out a way to prioritize, you know, some of these locations for us. You bet. Well, you I know guess, what? That, you know, that, I don't know how to do that fairly, but I think I think it's really difficult when you have a system that can be gained yeah. or gamed, you know, by renting two weeks and then and then you can get a refund. But there's also fees associated with that, right? You know, if you cancel. So I mean, people can throw a lot of money at that that have a lot of money and lose money, and it's no big deal. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, sometime in the next couple of days, I'm going to look around and try to find a source. Uh, within recreation.gov where I can call and do an interview with them and find out exactly how this all works. Uh, because right, right now it's a big mystery. It, it's first come, first served, right? But there are people that are gaming the system, and I want to find out if there are any uh, safeguards within that website to keep that from happening. You know, there. well, I think I explained it to you how it works, but right, I, I really right. think there is, and I think that what you can do, though... Um, is that you can you can actually be put on a on a wait list if for those cancellations. Sure. But I've I've found that most of those cancellations just happen during the week. Uh you know, not a weekend, so I you know, have to work. So right, it doesn't right. work for me. I hear but you. But I'd appreciate it, Peter. Uh I'll do my best. Absolutely if you get more in, insight than I have. I well hey, you you you've already done a lot of, of research yourself and so I I will be asking uh, all the questions you're asking and I really appreciate your call. You have a blessed day. Same to you sir. Thanks. We're going to come right back. Uh we have 
Mr. Wingnut, we have JR, we have Susan, and everybody else who wants to be on this morning for open phones, uh, give us a call. 721-1290, we'll be back. Is it safe? Okay. <laughs> We're back. We're back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number. All right, all, all sorts of folks want to get on the radio this morning. Mr. Wingnut, good morning, sir. What's on your mind? Oh, good morning. I thought I'd give the listeners an opportunity to put some of Dave's suggestions into practice if they care to. You know, yesterday's program with the Adventure Historian, uh, the issue of the 1619 Project came up, and I was asked to provide documentation regarding whether it was a truthful rendition of history. And to my response was, well, it was rather, you know, even though I had multiple web pages open, that it really was kind of impractical given the format of talk back to uh, to read a website um so i've selected one that i found very compelling and the title of it is the 1619 project and the falsification of history analysis of new york times reply to five historians and the site is the world socialist website www.wsws.org and the reason i picked this site for three reasons it's probably the, the opposite side of the political spectrum for myself. Secondly, it not only covers the germane information given by the five scholars, but also analyzes the New York Times reply to those scholars. And lastly, it contains significantly more referenced resources than the notably sparse and questionable references cited by the 1619 Project. So that's out there for people to check out. Secondly, regarding the guests, confessed ignorance about CRT, I will suggest a source. Um, first, a definition according to the New York Post is that it's a framework that suggests America and white people are irredeemably racist. And the site I would suggest is, uh, since Florida came up, is www.flagov.com. And it is a, a legitimate government site for my investigation. And it gives the particulars of Florida's legislative action regarding CRT and nine examples of uh, egregious CRT being taught to your kids. And as Cheryl Atkins puts it, um, think for yourself and do your own research as per Dave's suggestion. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Mr. Nutt. Appreciate it. Uh, let's move on. Uh, JR is waiting on the line. Good morning, JR. Thanks for holding. You're on, you're on Talkback. Hi. Thanks. Yeah, I was eating breakfast this morning. I turned on the TV, and the entire Senate was being briefed about the Chinese oh, spy balloon. Yes, the balloon, right? Yeah. There. What 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 did they say? By the way, what, was it was it? Uh, I didn't watch. I just I watched Mr. Tester. You know his how outraged he was and all this. And I, right, you right. know, I was trying to keep from puking because it would sure would be nice if we had showed the same outrage for what's going on at our southern border. I mean, a spy balloon flying over the U.S. I mean, it's a nothing burger. They've got dozens of satellites that spy on us. They hack into all of our federal computers and our tech companies. They have tens of thousands of Chinese citizens here in the U.S. that feed back information to them. The spy balloon's a nothing burger, and testers acting like it's, you know, the, the end of the earth while he totally ignores the southern border you know, where we have over 4 million people come over since Biden took office and like 900,000 getaways where they didn't even have any contact with. And, you know, we, we protect the southern border with over 20, I mean, the South Korea border with over 20,000 troops. Right. We have zero troops protecting our 
southern border. Our sovereignty has gone down the drain, and Tester's up there, you know, make, like this is the biggest thing that's happened since he's been a senator is a spy balloon while ignoring what's going on to the southern border. And I just wish people would start calling all of our senators' office and just raise hell. So there. All right. Thanks for the call, sir. Appreciate that. That's uh, the quintessential open phones, ladies and gentlemen. Susan's up next. Hey, Susan, good morning. Welcome back. You're on Talkback. Well, ditto to everything that the previous caller just said. And I gave out all the phone numbers before to um, our senators and to our representatives, both Matt Rosendale and Ryan Zinke, Senator John Tester, and Senator Steve Daines all need to hear from us, whatever your opinion is. Um, they actually do listen to you. They have offices in Montana, and they also have offices in Washington, D.C. Um, I encourage you to call both the Montana offices and the D.C. offices. It never hurts to send multiple comments both by email and by phone but that's not why I called okay the reason I called the reason I called is that there are numerous bills before the house and senate in Montana right now that impact veterans and um I am trying to get a cumulative list of all the bills and I would ask our listeners who are involved, especially Tim Gardapi, um, Colonel Tim Gardapi, um, to come up with a list of bills that they think are the most helpful to veterans, because some of them are not. And I'm going to say this with a caveat. As a taxpayer, I also am cognizant that there's are uh, there are tax consequences if you are giving out benefits to one group of montanan and not to another and i am a huge supporter as you know of veterans but i also feel that people should take care of themselves so i want to make sure that bills that are passed are going to encourage people to take care of themselves and not be welches on the taxpayer, which generally boils down to property owners, many of whom are veterans, like my husband. So I don't want more burden placed on taxpayers. And I am curious to know what those bills are. And I don't know, have you gotten a list from anybody uh, Nick or Peter about specific groups of people that are that are being targeted for bills to help them. Uh, I do not, but uh, like I say, we we have the Speaker of the House on uh, uh, every what? How often? Every other week. Every other week, and so uh, when he's on again, we can right. certainly quiz him about that. Okay, and I'll try. I I couldn't get in. I was. That's okay. Dealing with other stuff. That's and okay. I couldn't, but anyway, and I, in the meantime, I'm going to, I've reached out some, to some veteran groups to see if they have a, a cumulative list. And I will say to legislators that I know listen to this show Great. that I think it's wonderful that we help certain groups of people, 
But I also think they need to, in the back of their mind, realize that if you're giving out benefits to one group, you are also taxing everybody else. And I think you need to be aware of that, too. Got it. Susan, thanks for the call. Always a pleasure. We're going to take a break. As a matter of fact, uh, you get your wish because Colonel Tim is going to be our next caller when we come back after this break. So we have uh, Tim and Jeff and Steve, and I believe Emmett is in there as well. So we'll get as many calls in as we can in the next half hour. Okay, we are back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number. Uh, It's open phones, so let's continue on. Uh, Who's up next? Tim. Tim, uh, Colonel Tim, good morning. Uh, I hope your ears were burning because uh, Susan was talking about you. Yes, good morning, Peter. Good morning, Nick. Uh, happy late birthday. Thank yes, uh, I heard that, and uh, Susan's giving me homework. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, you got something to do. I'm also, the reason I'm calling today is, uh, of course, I would love, there's lots of major events going on. I'd love to debate Dave a little bit, but what I'm really calling about is, I would like to talk about a uh, nonprofit organization that helps out youth and helps out uh, disabled people and disabled veterans. Uh, and that organization is called firsthuntfoundation.org. That's their website. And they are having a banquet next month, in about a month, March 11th. It'll be down in Stevensville. And what they do, of course, is percent is mentoring new hunters and giving them lifelong skills. And giving there's a lot of people out there, uh, single parents and disabled people that really can't get their kids out to hunt. And so, because uh, those who live in Western Montana know you got to have uh, the right equipment, a four-wheel drive truck, and several sharp knives and all that stuff and permits it don't forget the help. permits uh, the, the, and, yeah got to get your got to get your tags yeah. and all that yeah so these people help uh uh here i'll read what someone's going to go on they're going to help some they're going to have some summer camps and everything i guess and uh it says last year we sent 180 to 200 kids to youth camps all over the state they're having their first annual banquet it's going to be in stevensville and Point of contact here is uh, Tracy Manning at 214-1154 or uh, Mr. Tom Powers, 531-4224. Are you you talking about Tracy Tracy Stone Manning? Because I believe she's the head of the BLM. No. This is an older gentleman. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. You you, you shocked me there for a second. Go ahead. Please continue. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're having a banquet next month. And so I said, uh, sometimes uh, I get on the radio. So I'm promoting their banquet. This is their first annual one. They're trying to get started. They're going to have some speakers and some uh, auction uh, items to raise some money. And so it's for a good organization, good cause, and good socialization so all those hunters out there uh, mark your calendars March 11th Excellent. Colonel Tim, always a pleasure to talk with you sir, thanks for the information You betcha Take care sir, thank you so much Alright, let's move along, uh, Jeff is up next Good morning Jeff, you're on TalkBack, hi Hey, good morning um, Two things real quick uh, Well actually three um, 
I believe the bills in, in front of uh, the legislature are to uh, make uh, reduce the tax burden both for Social Security and military folks with pensions. Um, so I think to answer Susan's, I think those are the two things that are out there that would have financial impacts in terms of uh, reducing tax burdens on people. Um, but the two things I called in for were, first of all, I enjoyed your guest yesterday, but at the end, like uh, Wingnut said, he got kind of disingenuous because he said, well, I don't really know what CRT is. I think it's just a buzzword. And like, uh, like uh, Wingnut, I disagree with that. It's not just one, and I can provide a very succinct uh, explanation of it in that CRT is a, is a uh derivation of critical theory, which is a Marxist theory. And that theory says that there are oppressed and there are oppressors. In Marxism, it's the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. And uh, the oppressors are always oppressors and oppressors are always oppressed. You have to rise up and you have to fight against them. And in critical race theory, they just merely replace uh, those two categories with white and black. So the whites are the oppressors, the blacks are oppressed, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, no redemption. So that's that. That's what CRT is for me, anyway. That's the definition I found. Um, I hope that makes sense to you guys. Well, it certainly seems to, uh, considering the context. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then uh, regarding the superintendent, I, I listened to your uh, to your news broadcast yesterday. And I made a couple of notes on it. Is that you didn't select one because none of the candidates were ready to hit the ground running. And they don't have time to let somebody get to know uh, the district standards and the staff. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm just wondering how delaying the process and look going even further afield to try to find somebody is going to help either of those. You know, a, a person who is not familiar with Western Montana is not going to be able to hit the ground running, and they're definitely not going to know the district standards and the staff. So what is what do they hope to accomplish by delaying it? You had three candidates out there. Well, You never get the perfect candidate. Yeah, the, the, the inference I got from, uh, uh, you know, hit the ground running would be someone who lives here. And I, as far as I know, none of, none of the three were people who actually live in western Montana. Could be wrong about that, but that, that was what I thought. Well, they did. No, aren't they from? One was from down in the Bitterroot. Uh, Two were down from from down in the Bitterroot. Could be. Yeah, well, that's great. So, I, so that's what confused me. Is like, okay, I thought they all three were from Montana. Two were from the Bitterroot, and or either that or one was from Lola. I, I read I read the interviews a little bit in Missoula, and then I spaced it out. So. Um, but yeah, they they are local, so they're going to know more about the area than anybody casting further afield. Interesting, so, very um, interesting. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just I just don't understand the logic. You know, um, uh, one of the things you do in the military is you don't get a, you don't get the uh, privilege, you don't get the uh, option of selecting the people who work for you or who you work for. You know, you you get an assignment, and that assignment comes with people. And in your leadership role, you've got to be able to deal with the people you have. And to me, that's leadership. And so for the board to say, well, we've got to go and search some more, I just, you had three candidates, pick one and go with it. 
Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too simplistic. Or maybe I'm just, you know, shouting to get off my lawn. I don't know. <laughs> Tell you what, Je- Jeff, we're up against a break. Thanks for your call. It's always a pleasure hearing from you. Really appreciate your thoughtful comments. Seriously. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we're going uh, to come right back. We have Steve, Emmett, and Skip. And uh, only, what, about, about 16 or 17 minutes left. We'll get as many calls in as we can. This is quintessential open phones. We're coming back right after this. Okay, we are back on TalkBack, and uh, we have we have a special guest with us right now. We're kind of putting him at the front of the line. Tried to get in at 9 o'clock this morning, but things just got crazy. Uh, Jesse Ramos is joining us right now. Jesse, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Peter. It's great to hear you again. It's good to have you back on, on TalkBack, sir. Now, what, what would you like to share with our, our listening audience right now? So I just wanted to share with the listening audience that there is a absolutely transformational bill right now uh, in front of the state legislature uh, that is really going to help, uh, particularly the folks in Missoula and other major cities, with the crushing burden of property taxes. Uh, It is called Local Tabor, which is a local taxpayer bill of rights. And what it does is it caps the entire budget of a city. So we know the shell game that, that these cities like to play. So uh, I'm actually highlighting Missoula in my testimony today. So um, great job, Missoula. So I am excited to highlight some of the stuff that Missoula has done to skirt the mill levy cap that was put in place by Montana voters in 1986. So what that did is it limited the growth of the number of mills that could be levied by half the rate of inflation over three years. And anybody that lives in Missoula knows that their tax bill has certainly uh, risen far faster than that. And the way they do that is by uh, creating a bunch of different special uh, special districts. Uh, TIF is a portion of that. Uh, they have actually uh, on, on the city website, you can see the list of revenue sources that the city of Missoula has. And it is around 2,000 different uh, uh, revenue sources. So anywhere from chicken licenses to cell phone tickets to uh, building permits to uh, adult uh, recreation permits uh, so you can drink a beer in a city park. Um, so what's important to know is that all that money is coming from the taxpayer. And so what the local, the taxpayer bill of rights does is it caps the growth of the entire city budget to uh, the rate of inflation plus the population growth. We all understand that as uh, the population grows, the, the police need more funding, the fire department needs more funding. And as inflation increases, um, so do their their uh, wages, their benefits, all of that. So we understand that. Um, but Missoula has actually, their budget has grown at about 35% faster than the rate of inflation as measured by population plus inflation and about 53% faster than the rate of inflation plus in population since 2014. So this bill would just cap it to a normal growth rate to maintain the services unless the, the cities, if they want to expand, if they want to do more, if they want to grow the size and scope of government, they have to ask the voters. So what this bill does is simplifies the process so that the voters aren't hit with a bunch of unexpected hidden fines, fees, surcharges, special assessments, special districts. And it gives the voters that opportunity to tell the city no. And even in Missoula, we saw two ballot measures fail. So um, that is what the bill does. Uh, any questions on that? I know it's, it seems confusing, but really all it does is simplify the process. 
and give voters uh, the opportunity to say no. Okay, Jesse, let, 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 let me ask you this, Jesse. Where uh, you're obviously testifying in Helena today? Where 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 can people find that on the legislative website? Yeah, so it's going to be. Uh, that was a great question. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so contact your legislators for sure and tell them to support local Tabor, even if they're not on the committee. But it's going to be heard in the local government committee at three o'clock today. So they'll be able to go to the legislative website uh, and just click on uh, watch and listen. And you click on that and then you go into the calendar um, on there. And then you just click on today's date and then you click on the local government committee uh, at three o'clock and you'll be able to watch the video live streamed. Uh, this is the first reading of the bill. Um, and it's really exciting because it is truly, truly, truly transformational. I am not uh, overselling this, not being hyperbolic, but if we could get this passed, uh, it would really help folks from being taxed out of their homes. Jesse Ramos, always a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for the information. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for the time. You bet. You bet. And uh, we do have time for one more call before we take a quick break. Steve, you've been holding. Thank you, sir. Uh, we, we cut Jesse in line ahead of you. We apologize, but it was important. Go ahead, Steve. What's on your mind? Hello, Steve. Steve, are you there? Oh, man, poor, he's been waiting for 20 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Uh, Steve, Steve our, uh, if you call us back, we'll put you to the top of the list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you what, uh, we're, we're actually up against a break now. So we're going to come right back. We have Emmett and Skip and we have Larry also waiting. <laughs> we'll get as many calls in as we can for open phones when we return in one minute. If you're struggling with. Okay, we're back on Talkback. Let's, uh, let's jump right in, take as many calls as we can. Emmett, you're up next. Go ahead, sir. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Well, in re response to Dave's call, I was kind of late to getting in, but I think you were talking about the Fox News and CNN and getting both sides. Well, for one, I do watch CNN as well as Fox News and MSNBC and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, but the reason people watch Fox News, it isn't because we're mind-numbed robots robots that only want to listen to one side do you remember when we didn't have cnn or fox news or any of them and we yes, had to I rely do. on abc news i i do uh, we, we used to have walter afternoon. walter cronkite howard howard k smith and uh, huntley and brinkley and i was screaming at, at the television in 1986 1987 you know that kind of thing and i think i was disturbing the neighbors because I couldn't stand the liberal bias, and I don't have time to get into that. But when, it, when I found Fox News and Rush Limbaugh, it was like, this is the biggest breath of fresh air because I was finally getting the other side, and a side I did agree with. I still like CNN and, I, I, and, everything, um, and everything, but sometimes I can't stand them because it, it just grates on my nerve. They're liberal, liberal bias, and I don't think they're really always telling the truth. Fox News is other, uh, the other side to say, here's it from a conservative um, um, news point, a viewpoint, and you know, we will, are showing stuff that the CNN liberal side will not. So it's important to check, um, uh, check our facts. But sometimes I feel like a lot of these liberals say, please don't listen to Fox News. It's all lies. CNN and Walter Con Concrete, 
or however you pronounce that, they're telling you the truth. Just go back, listen to them. I think they'd love it if we just had to listen to Walter Conkright and Peter Jennings again, which I would just be screaming at the television again and getting the neighbors upset. But my blood pressure calms down when I do listen to something that really reflects what I believe in. But, yeah, I do believe in fact-checking. And I just, it just kind of drives me crazy that people would want us to go back to a station that raises our blood pressure. Right. This is when I was 18. So All right, buddy. That's my thoughts for the day. Emmett, thanks for the call. Uh, don't, don't forget Tom Brokaw. Uh, yeah, I, I had a chance to meet oh, Tom that's Brokaw. It. Yeah, okay. that's it. Yeah. Thank, thanks for the call. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Larry's up next. Larry, good morning. Thank you for your patience. What's on your mind, sir? Good morning. Uh, I just uh, wanted to bring up again this issue with the sheriff's pay and the decision made by the board of county commissioners to increase uh, their pay and their key staff members by tremendous tens of thousands of dollars and uh but yet they dropped the pay of the sheriff and the sheriff sheriff's pay is um the benchmark for what those that serve under the sheriff get. So the sh sheriff's pay, uh, the under sheriff's pay is 95% of the sheriff's pay. So what happened was he was not treated as the rest of the uh, elected officials in the county. And by dropping his pay, they dropped the pay of all the deputies, the uh, administrative staff, and uh, the people that work out of the detention center and there's a lawsuit brewing about this there certainly and, is yeah. uh, if the county they've gone against the recommendation of several le legal minds in uh, mako the missoula association of counties and uh, so if they lose this lawsuit they will probably have to issue a judgment levy on the taxpayers of missoula county and this could be double the one that they settled through mediation with the deputies before. So I just uh, would like to see a news story uh, about that. Well, and I know you're working on it, Peter. I, 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 I have been working on it, but folks are not calling me back. And it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's driving me crazy. Yeah. This has been on my plate for several months now. And uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, all I can do is wait till I can get accurate information. Yep, I just wanted to bring it out to the public, and uh, we look forward to hearing some more about it because it's going to be a big bite on the taxpayer dollars on that because they just pass it along to the the taxpayers when they lose a judgment like that. So I hear you. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. What, when's our next county talk? Uh, do you know? It's next month. Next month. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can wait that long. Skip, good morning. You're on Talkback. We have exactly three minutes to take your call, sir, and then we're out of time. Go ahead. No problem, sir, and thank you. I wanted to refer to something that happened this morning when Matt Regeer was on, and uh, after I discussed uh, Bill 234 with him having to do with obscenities, then a gentleman called in from, I think, Victor. He's where he saw, or Stevensville, uh, or Corvallis, where he saw flags and things like that being flown from trucks and driven around right, right. that nobody was doing anything about. With, with and ob ob obscene, yeah, stuff, yeah. Yep. And, uh, and you told him that he should go to the authorities, and I think you're exactly correct. However, I did that. And I mean, just like that guy 
experienced. I, I, this was in the city of Hamilton. So I walked into the police department and I know a lot of the, the people that actually are officers and addressed it. And, uh, then I said, please call me back so we can discuss it. And they told me that even though, and I knew the, the sergeant that actually called me back and he, and he said, and I know the chief there that was, thank God they got him for a chief 20 years as a, as a foot cop. And he's now the chief and he's doing a great job, but they cannot not address it because the, the city attorney will not prosecute unless it's something that is verbally said and screamed and, and offends little children by voice. That's exactly the capital of what they told me. Interesting. And I thought it was horrible. And that, and that, what that does is that gives further ammunition to those that are pulling stunts like that. Right. And these young people that apparently have nothing else to do all day long. If you, and, and I want to profile, but it's pretty easy to see. Uh, and so... Uh, I wanted you to know that it's already been experienced by me personally, and that's exactly what happened, Peter. So thank you a lot. Thank you for the call, sir. We appreciate it. And so uh, are, were we, the lines are clear? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody. You guys are all awesome. Uh, you made it a great open phone segment. It's amazing. How many calls did we get in? Maybe 15, 16 calls? Mm, yeah, about that. Something mm-hmm. like that. That's some not people, bad. That's... Some people were on hold for 26 minutes, <laughs> oh. so there you go. We had one gentleman who was on, on hold that long, and we came to him, and he probably just gave up and left. Yeah, so. I think he maybe quit on us earlier than that, yeah. but the line stayed full for some reason. But Well, yeah, uh, we, do, we do the best we can, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I, I don't know of any... Is there any other... Show like this in in Missoula or no? Definitely I, not Missoula. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Anyway. Statewide, I'm not sure, but yeah, definitely right. not here. Well, tell us what's coming up on tomorrow's fabulous radio program for uh, all of our gentle listeners out there. Yes, it's City Talk, and we're gonna uh, talk about the urban avalanche preparedness. Ooh, we're gonna talk with. Adrian Beck from the Office of Emergency Management and uh, Jeff uh, Gigglehorn from Parks, and he manages Mount Jumbo. So we'll, cool. we'll talk about all that. All stuff. right. And by, by the way, if you've never had a chance to talk with Adrian Beck, when you do, you'll be talking to one of the smartest people I have I have ever had the uh, the, the privilege of interviewing or talking to. She is brilliant, and uh, she does a fabulous job in her in her in her position so uh you guys have a great day enjoy the sunshine we'll see you tomorrow morning bright and early at six o'clock for mon